I've thought about this so many different times and every time someone, a friend, a stranger is like, I wrote a book. I'm about to write a book. I'm in the process of writing a book. I'm like, I should write a book. Welcome to You Should Write a Book About That. I'm Kim O'Hara, a book coach with a story inside, and I'm interviewing fascinating people from all walks of life with a story to tell. Do these folks have a best-selling book in them? Stick around and find out. How do we stay grounded in the challenging times in this country and in the world? Oni, a name which means God's gift, uses sound, conversation, laying of hands, energy work, prayer, and other spiritual, metaphysical, and natural tools to help people create a safe space for healing to occur. And I'm all about feeling safe. She's going to help us with joy, one of the keys of staying grounded. Welcome, Oni, to the show today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be on here with you. I love that we met through a grounded circle of women and the world right now is focused on COVID and uprising and politics. And you can speak from a different perspective. Your birth name is Felicia, which means joy. So tell us about your work with joy. My work with joy for me is very personal in that, as you said, you know, my name Felicia, meaning joy or happiness really um, is something that I'm called literally the, that is a vibration that calls my being that is spoken into my being. So right there in and of itself, it's a constant reminder to remember my happiness. And also, you know, I am West African in heritage on my maternal side. I am Yoruba on my paternal side. I am Igbo. And so, you know, Onyi, like you said, means God's gift. So considering the idea that, you know, we've been gifted joy, like our lives are full of joy. Our life is joy. Life is full of joy. And so the gift of being able to be in this life is one of experiencing joy and extracting joy from any situation, no matter how difficult or challenging it may seem on the surface. Um, also for, for me, you know, I'm, I practice a tradition that comes from my maternal lineage called Ifa, and I am initiated into specific deities and I'm on the path of priestesshood. And one of the names that was given to me in one connection or, you know, in, in alignment with one of the deities that I'm initiated into is Oshun Tayo, which speaks to joy, you know, says that this deity Oshun is enough as my joy or brings me joy. And she represents the beauty and the joy of life and really always reminding us to be connected to who we are, connected to our creativity, which to me, again, always speaks to joy. And especially during these times over the last several months, it's really settled within me and I've centered and grounded into this recognition that the biggest gift that I can give people is to fully be in my joy and to reflect that outwards. And it kind of creates this like ping ponging effect that strikes that memory within each person to return to their joy you know, to always be connected to their joy. We always, we use these phrases like, oh, this person is a, a, a joy. Is it a kill joy or joy kill? Like you killed my joy. You took away my joy, but nothing outside of us can actually take away our joy. 
And we, we have to remember have... that. We have to remember that hour by hour because there exactly. is always these influences, whether it's an email you get or something somebody texts you or you go out in the world and someone behaves mm-hmm. in a certain way or I experience this trauma that is still yeah. needing to be dealt with can come <laughs> up. And yeah. I love that your name is God's gift because something that I grapple with is sometimes God's gift for me is dealing with my trauma that doesn't feel joyous. And other mm. times God's gift is the joy that's on the other side when I'm willing to face that trauma. And so sometimes mm. I'm angry and grateful at the same time. And that's where <laughs> I get into a lot of chaos, you know, mm. because I'm not mm. so sure you can be those yeah. two feelings at the same time. And I, I believe that you had mentioned one way that your joy can't be stolen when we talked earlier was through accountability and ownership. Do you want to? Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah, And you, you even saying that reminds me of this phrase that I have on this little statue or figurine that sits in my bedroom that says, God doesn't give you what you can handle. God helps you handle what you've been given. So we get, we receive all these different circumstances that, you know, my perspective, we co-create and we attract in some way, shape or form to help us to continue to do the work or the play really of being connected to our joy. And like you said, accountability and taking ownership of things. We, we tend to like to sit in the victim state and it's one thing to be victimized and to, you know, to have things done to you by other people that, that does not feel good you know, things that violate you and to experience things that are unpleasant and whatnot, but us being able to be accountable and say, okay, what is my part in this? How did I co-create this? Or what can I learn from this? And the reaction I have is my own reaction. Everything outside of me is really just a projection and how I respond to it is up to me. You can have the same situation or a similar situation happen to two different people. They're going to have two completely different responses because they're coming from different places, but that circumstance is relatively the same thing. So that speaks to the idea that it's our own accountability and responsibility in terms of reacting and responding. And we can absolutely still hold on to this place of joy and say, okay, in light of this thing happening, what is the most joyful way I can respond to it? Or what are the, how are the ways I can extract joy or consider the joy of the reason why this situation happened? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting you were saying about joy and anger existing at the same, like not being able to exist at the same time. And it's, it's interesting because even when something like anger comes up, we can still say, how can I use that in a positive way? You right. know, because it's reflecting something within us. It's teaching it's refle- us something. Yeah, What's going exactly. on in this situation? You know, I, I know when I feel anger, like that's the type that's connected to fear. Like I'm afraid of something that's generally mm-hmm. going connected to something I'm proud about, which generally mm. connects to something that's going to make me not feel safe. Yeah. That kind of anger is on fire immediately. I feel that yeah. all through my whole body. But what I'm angry about, it's, it's like there's the different kind of anger of like, you know what? You said you were going to show up and you didn't show up and I'm kind of upset about that's more like upset, mm-hmm. right? Which it's all, I mean, it's funny. We, the way we use our language is funny too, because we have so many different words for kind of the same general feeling, but then the, the degree of it that maybe influences the word that we choose. But, you know, it all kind of boils down to the same thing. And so, so okay, in that situation, someone said they're going to do something. They don't do it. You have that moment of, call it upsetness, anger, disappointment, sadness, whatever it is. It's something you don't prefer based on the agreement that you had with someone, correct? 
So then you can still wreck it. And it's not about hiding or negating that that thing comes up because a lot of people try to do that or that we, we all do that. We, we feel the, the, the emotion, but we feel shame about feeling that same emotion. So we're compounding negative right. energy with negative energy. It's exhausting. Okay. <laughs> it it's really exhausting. And it's, you know, for me, it's like, okay, something happened. What is it? What is what belief is it pointing to? Because basically we, you know, and I was giving this formula to a group that I was working with. We have our, our emotions don't exist in a vacuum. We don't just feel random emotions just because they want to show up just any day. <laughs> we have beliefs that then create emotions that we experience. And then from our emotions, we then take whatever actions we're going to take. So in that situation you gave, someone doesn't do something, you could get upset which is, you know, it's warranted. And you can say, well, you know what? I, I prefer that they kept their word. And if it's the first time they've done it, who knows what happened? Maybe extend to them. Hey, you didn't, what happened? You know, Compassion. you said you were going to do, yeah, what, you, you know, I, I made time for you and you didn't do this. And what happened? Because you never know what happened with the other person. Not that that has anything to do with you, but you get to extend and say what there is, which a lot of people don't do. They like to stay in their feelings. You brought up words and, you know, we talk about, you know, books and writing on this podcast mm. and I know you're a storyteller and I want to talk to you about writing. Mm. Before we continue, let me ask you something. Do you want to get naked with your story, but you're scared? Well, you've been listening to all these amazing guests that I have on my show bear their soul and tell their stories. And some of them have even written books. Now it might be your turn. With five ways to get naked with your story, I provide a safe and quick solution that really will only take about 30 minutes of your time to work through some of your story in a new way. I promise you it'll be fun, it'll be easy, and you will have moments of enlightenment. So go to astoryinside.com backslash naked to get started and know I'm here for you. And now back to our amazing guest. Tell me what's going on with you in writing. <laughs> I write a lot and a lot of my writing is done via reflections that I put in blog posts on my website, reflections on social media that I put in other places where I have a followship or I'm following other individuals for them to see my words, see my story, see my reflections, see writing about experiences that I've had and showing them ways that I've worked through whatever challenges that I'm experiencing. Just to really, again, strike something within them to assist them in remembering that they can do the same or that they can be connected to their joy and other things that they prefer to be connected with. So do you feel that when it comes to the large body of work that you, uh, you know, do, you profess, you study, that seems overwhelming at times to put that into a book? Because as far as I'm concerned, you've got a full book of stuff to say. <laughs> I know. I've thought about this so many different times. And every time someone, a friend, a stranger is like, I wrote a book. I'm about to write a book. I'm in the process of writing a book. I'm like, I should write a book. <laughs> I have probably a lot of books that I could write right now. And I think there is this idea sometimes that it would be overwhelming or who would read my book or would it be cohesive, you know, and I think collapsing into that belief is what then stops you from doing the thing and just starting. 
or seeking a resource such as yourself (laughs) or anyone else who's been through the process to say, hey, you know what, I just need to start somewhere because, you know, spirit gives us those promptings in anything. And it's like anytime we hear all these same messages, it's like synchronicity is just saying, hey, hey, you, hi, hey, you, it's time. Hey, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna turn up the volume like yeah. a little more next month, a little more next month. <laughs> Before it throws a book at you, like book, book, book. <laughs> but to your defense, okay, to your defense, I'm gonna take you off the hot seat for a second Thanks. here. Mar- marketing for what you do is a challenge, and I do yeah. work with my authors to make sure that they feel really clear about who they are <laughs> and coming out. And so there's this label that is, uh-huh. you know pervasive. It's this healing label, right? How many healers are marketing themselves? Like I think people are like, oh God, another healer. But you have a very individual journey that Uh you've been on. Do you struggle with that marketing piece? That has been one of my biggest challenges, uh, the the naming or the labeling. um, Because again, so many people can use these catch words or catch phrases because on the marketing side, it sounds great and it's attractive. And I get that. There's the idea that there's a science to marketing and it's, I mean, it's really like manipulation, right? You're attempting to manipulate the masses in some way to get them to see the, in a direction, whatever that direction is. So Mm -hmm. what is, what is that thing that's going to capture the most people within a specific demographic that you are targeting? And for me, I've or I've, I've had this kind of interesting reaction to it of just not wanting to use titles just because they sound cool. Because first and foremost, you know, especially given the traditions that I practice, given how I was raised, you know, titles mean something very specific and have meaning to me. I'm not just going to call myself this thing because it sounds cool to me. It's like what training did I receive? What certification was there who assigned this title to me aside from just myself, which on the one hand, I think there, it can be a beauty to that in terms of us taking ownership and having that sovereignty and having that awareness of like what we bring. And I just also feel that in some ways, especially in society, we tend to, there's an over inundation of just superficiality. Mm-hmm. that can really water things down. And so me, even even calling myself a healer, you know, I use that for simplicity's sake because, you know, I think a lot of people recognize that term and what it means. And I also recognize that I'm not healing you. You are healing yourself. You're the I, conduit. You're the chosen, I, you're the chosen I, conduit. I'm the conduit in that moment that you chose because you were attracted <laughs> to something that about me. And that's right. like, that's the biggest thing, the attraction, the energy. I always say, go with that. Everything is a permission slip outside of us that reminds us we have the permission to do the thing, but we just feel we need something external. So it's like, okay, go with your excitement. If your excitement is this person or this modality or this tree, that color, do that and see what the energy does, because that's, what's triggering that, that automatic self-healing mechanism. We are all ingrained with that we are all that's our birthright it's just it's reminding us that we do that so for me you know I'll use healer because it's quicker to say I'm the one who helps you heal yourself <laughs> in a title you know I just fine we'll use healer the one um, who helps you yes <laughs> and so we're going into a time and we're going to wrap up with this um, mm. where in a few weeks we're going to have a, a major uh, change in our country um, of some sort whatever the outcome. 
with the election. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. just three really quick tips for staying in joy over the next two weeks. Do things that bring you joy, whether it's creating, dancing. I've been dancing a lot. Uh, I sing. I do a lot of things that make me joyful. So at any given moment, be in your joy because that being in the highest vibration that you can be in, it sets off a chain reaction to everything. Okay. So stay your, in your joy. The second your one, joy. be grounded, grounded, be grounded. So whatever that looks like for you, whether that's waking up and having a practice in the morning that helps you ground and center, um, going outside, touching the earth, <laughs> touching a tree, touching something that to you is, is a reflection of nature, even though we're all nature, but that's kind of our, our highest um, permission slip and reflection. So be grounded. And the third? Is to use everything for a positive benefit. Ooh, I like that. No matter that. what happens, it's not about what happens. Everything ultimately is neutral. It's the meaning that we assign it. So if it's us that's assigning it a meaning and us that's assigning it importance, you get to choose in the direction you prefer. So use everything to your preference to help you to be more of who you are because we change ourselves and shift to a version of earth that we prefer. So be a reflection of the world that you want to see. Oh, I love that. Be a reflection of the world you want to see. Thank you so much for coming on the You're show welcome. today. I've Thank really, you for having I, me. I've appreciated this and I think the listeners will too. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to You Should Write a Book About That. If you enjoyed our episode, tell a friend to listen, subscribe, and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And a big shout out to our listeners on CastBox, where you can leave a comment and I will personally respond. <laughs>